Um, hello, good morning or good afternoon now. Um, my name is Sam, if we haven't met before. Um, I'm married to Mark and um, I've been a part of this church for um, 20 years this month. And um, as a church this year, we have been talking about moving forward. And um, each week we've heard incredible messages from this platform about how we can continue to move forward in our journey and in our walk with God. One thing that I have noticed in my life is when I begin to move forward and I begin to um, seek freedom and God um, seek God's purpose for my life, um, that's when opposition often hits me. Um, as we know, we have an enemy that hates us and who wants nothing more than to destroy us. And I think that when we're kind of just sitting still and not moving forward, it doesn't really bother him that much. But when we begin to move forward and we begin to take ground for the kingdom of God and we begin to walk in what um, God has destined for us, this draws the attention of the enemy. Because all of a sudden we've gone from maybe being a passive Sunday Christian to someone who is an empowered follower of Christ and who is really taking ground for the kingdom of God. And so I believe that as we continue to talk about how we are to move forward as individuals and as a church, our greatest weapon against... Whoopsie. Is that going to be on the podcast? Whoopsie. <laughs> Um, our greatest weapon <laughs> against the enemy is worship. Now, if you've been um, in this church for longer than about one week, then you will um, probably know that I have a great passion for worship. Um, there is, For me, there is nothing greater in this world than being in the presence of God. And um, there's nothing that I enjoy more than to lead people into the presence of God. Because I believe that when we are in the presence of God um, through worship that things begin to change. Everything changes when we worship God because it places us right in the centre of our purpose as human beings. John Piper says that true worship is a valuing or a treasuring of God above all things. If we look in the New Testament, the New Testament Greek word for worship is most often translated as to fall down before or to bow down before God. Worship is an attitude or a state. And as followers of God, it is our purpose to live lives that offer worship to God. Lives that value and treasure him above all other things in our daily lives. God desires that we offer our whole lives as living sacrifices to him, as the scriptures say, and to place him first in all things. And this is a daily occurrence. This isn't just something that we, we do here on a Sunday. It's something that we have to walk out every moment of every day. Putting him first, valuing and treasuring him above all things is a lifestyle. So with that in mind, understanding that worship, true worship is a lifestyle. It's so much more than what we, we do here on a Sunday. I actually want this morning to actually focus, though, on what we do here on a Sunday. To 
talk specifically for a moment about those special moments where we draw close to God, whether it be in this building together or whether it be at home on our own in our lounge rooms or in our life groups or in our cars, those moments where we kind of just stop and we give God our full attention, when we speak or we sing of the greatness of God, when we use um, our language, when we use our words to honour and to exalt and to glorify, when we're deliberate about being present with God. I believe that this manner of worship is a little bit like looking at the moon through a telescope. I just want to tell you about this very uh, fragile telescope that I have here this morning. So my dad has just gotten um, into looking at things through telescopes and um, (laughs) hopefully just things in the sky. And can we use the first service as the podcast? (laughs) Um, This is not his telescope because he he said I could borrow his, but I had to come over first and get lessons on how to put it together. And I went, I ain't got time for that. So Mark went down to Kmart and he purchased this for $20. And um, as I was putting it together yesterday, it fell apart. So he's actually super glued it together. He's a, a pretty incredible man. So this is, yeah, this is my, t- my telescope. <laughs> I see you, Alex Lee. <laughs> now, just as a telescope magnifies the moon, here's a photo that my dad took a couple of weeks ago of the moon. Just as a telescope magnifies the moon and the stars, our worship magnifies God. The moon is always there. It's always been amazing, always been big. But how often do we really pay attention to it? It takes a a telescope to allow us to see just how huge and spectacular that thing really is. And when we're looking at the moon through a telescope, we're not making the moon any bigger. It's already huge. It's already up there being magnificent. But when we look at it through a telescope, it becomes bigger because of, because of the fact we're magnifying it through the telescope. And in the same way, God is always there. His presence is always with us. Scripture promises that he never will leave us. But when we pay special attention to him, He draws near to us. God's always there. He's always been awesome. He's always been big, magnificent, glorious. But when we give him our focused attention, just like when we look at the moon through a telescope, it appears to become bigger. When we worship God, he becomes larger in our life and he draws close to us. His manifest presence comes and dwells amongst us. And we begin to experience his wonder and his glory and his power in incredible ways. Matt Redman has a song that we've sung a number of times and we're going to hopefully sing it later today. 
It's called 10,000 10, Reasons. And one of the lines says, For all your goodness, I will keep on singing. 10,000 reasons for my heart to find. Now, the point that I think that Matt Redman is making here is that we will never run out of reasons to worship God. When we consider creation, the cross, the resurrection, when we consider the love of God, the grace, the mercy, the goodness, the kindness, the patience, the gentleness, when we consider all of those things, we will never run out of reasons. No doubt there's more than 10,000 reasons that we could find to worship God. God is so worthy of our praise and our worship. And as we worship and he comes closer, we get to know him better and then we find even more reasons to worship. And then we worship and he comes closer and we get to know him even more and we find even more reasons to worship. And it's this never-ending, never-ending thing. Now, God is totally deserving of our worship, and if that's where it all ended, that is more than enough. God is more than enough. But in his kindness and in his love, when we worship, we actually also benefit. It unlocks blessing in our life. And as I said earlier, worship changes things. The first thing that I believe that changes when we worship and when God comes near to us is that we change. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And we all with unveiled face behold the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. And there's been a number of studies that have been done that say that you become like the people that you hang around. If you spend a lot of time with the person next to you, just kind of look at him for a second, are you becoming like the person sitting next to you? <laughs> we, begin to, we begin to talk the same. We begin to think the same. When you've been married for a while, Kerry and Daryl, do you finish each other's sentences? And I guess this is why it's really important that we choose our friends wisely. However, we were created to be reflectors and image bearers of Jesus. And as we spend time in his presence, he reveals more of who he is. And this, we are then transformed by the Spirit. We begin to talk like Jesus. We begin to think like Jesus, to act like Jesus, to make decisions the way Jesus would make. One example of this from my life happened within the first year or two of our marriage. We were going through a bit of a rough patch, which I'm sure if you're married today, you've experienced at some point in your marriage. Um, and I had had enough. On the fight or flight scale, I am a flight person and so I was ready to fly. And I can remember we had... Um, this argument on a Wednesday night and who knows what it was about, but I had made a decision that in the morning I was going to leave. It was pretty late at night, so I couldn't leave there and then because I didn't know where I was going to go. Um, everyone was asleep. Um, so I just decided that in the morning, that's it. I'm out of here. I'm flying away. So on the Thursday morning, we got up and we did our normal morning routine and Mark left for work and... Um, 
He told me later that as he left, he was pretty sure that I wasn't going to be there when he got home. And um, as I started to get a few of my things together, I walked past our um, bookcase and this book just jumped out at me. And um, I sat down and I started reading it and I read a few chapters and it just spoke directly into our situation. It was a book on marriage that I'm not even sure where we got it from, but um, it spoke directly into our situation. And as I read it, I made the decision that I wasn't going to leave. I wasn't going to go anywhere, but I was still really, really, really cranky. So I put some worship music on and I just began to worship. I didn't feel like worshipping, I didn't feel like praising God, I didn't feel like singing, but I did. And for some reason, I mustn't have had anything else to do that day because I stayed there all day um, until Mark got home about 7 o'clock that night. And today I can't tell you what that fight was about. I cannot remember. But I will never forget that moment of, uh, of worship and of the tangible presence of God coming into our lounge room so thick and him changing my heart, changing my attitude, changing the way I was looking at the situation. Worship changes us. It changes our hearts. It changes our character and it changes the way that we think as we spend time with God and we get to see the way he thinks. It changes us. The second thing that changes when we worship is circumstances around us begin to change. In Acts 16, we find an incredible story of Paul and Silas. As they were on their way to pray, they came across a girl who had a spirit of foretelling. And in verse 18, we read that Paul said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out. Now, the owners of this slave girl were not too impressed by this because they'd been making money off her. And so they seized Paul and Silas and they dragged them before the rulers. And then we read in verse 23. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stalks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them, and suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's bonds were unfastened. I just think this is such an incredible story. Here are Paul and Silas, locked up in prison, literally bound up in chains, and their first response was to lift their voice in worship to God. How incredible is that? Can we, I don't think I could say that that would be my first response, but I reckon that they understood something really vital. I reckon that they understood that worship, that lifting up praise to God ushers in the presence of God and in the presence of God, anything can happen. Chains can be broken. Prison doors can be flung open. Praise is the vessel that takes us into the presence of God as we step into that. Lifting up worship to God brings the presence and the power of God into our midst. And when, we, and when the presence of God enters, anything can happen. Things that seem impossible 
Chains can be broken. Prison doors can be flung open. Miracles can, can happen. Strongholds can be broken when the presence of God is in our midst. Another example, um, and this passage that I'm about to read has been just playing in my head for about three weeks straight. And I think it's a, it's a really powerful, um, powerful scripture. It comes from Joshua 6. And we read about a, um, a city called Jericho. And it was surrounded by a huge wall. And this is what we read in, in Joshua 6.1. Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all the men of war going around the city once. Thus shall you do for six days. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. And on the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times and the priests shall blow the trumpets. And when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, everyone straight before him. So Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, go forward, march around the city, and let the armed men pass on before the ark of the Lord. Now God had promised the Israelites this land. He had said it was theirs. But there's this giant obstacle in their way, a wall. They couldn't go over it, they couldn't go under it, they couldn't go around it, they couldn't get in. And so God gives Joshua a way forward. He says, here's the plan. This is what I want you to do. I want you, the people to march around this thing for six days. And then on the seventh day, I want you to march around it for seven days. Now, the thing that I find really incredible about this story is all of those people were to be silent. Can you imagine all those people having to be silent as they were marching around? <laughs> I don't reckon I'd be very good at that. And then when they heard the trumpet, when they heard the long blast of the trumpet, they were to lift up a shout. And then this is what happened. So the people shouted and the trumpets were blown. And as, as soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted a great shout and the wall fell down flat so that the people went up into the city. That obstacle before them would have seemed impossible. How are they going to get, it, get through there? There was no way around it. But as the trumpets were blown and the people lifted their voices, something incredible happened that only God could do. Only when the presence of God came could something that massive, that impossible happen. He brought down the wall of Jericho so that the people could walk in to the land that God had promised for them. So my question for us this morning is, what is your Jericho wall? Is there a situation or an obstacle in your life that seems impossible and you need God to move in it?
It might be in your finances, in your marriage, in your family, with your kids. Maybe it's in your own body with your health. Maybe it's in your workplace. Or maybe it's a change that needs to happen inside of you. Maybe your heart needs to shift. Maybe an attitude or something about your character needs to change. Whatever the obstacle is today, can I encourage you to lift your eyes and your focus to God? As you do, I believe that supernaturally walls are going to fall down in this place. In a moment, we're going to worship together. And I believe that the presence of God, the manifest presence of God is going to fill this building this morning. And I believe that people and circumstances are going to supernaturally shift in Jesus' name. Not because of anything that we've done, but all because of who he is It's who he is. He's the God of the impossible. Impossible things happen when we are in his presence. Now, I started this morning by saying that as we move forward, as we begin to seek freedom, seek God's purpose for our life, that the enemy gets a bit cranky. He doesn't like that. But I also said that our greatest weapon against Satan is worship. When we worship and the presence of God comes, it repels the enemy. He hates the presence of God. He is disgusted by our worship and he fears the power of the name of Jesus. So if you're struggling this morning with feeling like you're copying opposition, then I want to encourage you to press closer to God in worship and I believe that the enemy will run. I believe that God wants to reveal more of himself to us. There's so much more of him for us to know. He wants to transform us. He wants to change impossible circumstances every time that we worship. And I just want to encourage you to make a decision to have an attitude of expectation when we come together to worship, to expect the presence of God to turn up in a powerful way and to change things in your life. The scriptures say that when we draw near to him, he draws near to us and that he dwells in the praises of his people. They are promises. They're not some airy-fairy thing that I'm making up to make this sound good. They're promises from scripture. So what we're going to do now is um, something just a little bit different. I want us to spend a few more moments in worship and um, as I was writing this message, I felt very strongly to ask Thomas to play his trumpet over us. And I believe that this is a prophetic moment and that as he plays that obstacles that seem impossible, that seem like you don't know the way forward, I believe that God is going to come and his presence is going to come and things are going to shift. So what we're going to do is I'm going to invite the worship team up. I'm going to invite you to stand. And I just want us to firstly just stand for a moment in his presence. And then Thomas is going to um, play over us. And then we're going to lift our voices in praise to him. We have a few moments together. The kids are all being looked after. So let's just take this opportunity to focus our eyes on Jesus, to sing, 
of how great he is. And I don't know what's going to happen, but I know that he's going to do something pretty special in our lives. God, I thank you for all that you are. God, you are so lovely. I thank you that your word says that when we draw near to you, you draw near to us. And so, God, we are being deliberate now to focus our eyes and our attention and our thought and our words upon giving you praise. And so, Holy Spirit, we just pray that you will do what only you can do, that in your presence walls will be broken down in Jesus' name that situations that seem impossible will shift in Jesus' name. And God, we thank you for the testimonies that will come from this. In the powerful name of Jesus, amen.